1: good evening uh, yep okay that works good evening welcome to South coast tonight I'm Marcus Farrow and I'm Chris McCarthy he's Chris McCarthy so we've got a good show planned Chris at 7:30. Uh, we're gonna have um, Matt Stout, who's a reporter from the Boston Globe, great politics reporter for the Boston Globe. He caught a story down here that you may have heard uh you may have heard already. We've been running some follow-ups to that story here on WBSM and WBSM.com. Um and uh it's about the lawsuit that Mayor Mitchell may or may not file on behalf of the city uh against the MBTA regarding the taking of that land. We're gonna do a deeper dive into that later. Um, once we talk to Matt Stout, we're gonna be talking to Chris Markey. Uh Chris Markey is the state rep. You know you all know him from Dartmouth, represents New Bedford as well. He's got some
2: thoughts on this. He was quoted in that article actually. He he and the he and the other members of the House delegation sent a letter um out publicly opposing uh Mayor Mitchell's move. Um so th- there's there's a lot of back and forth here. There's mm-hmm. a, a a lot to be uh to be broken down, to be unpacked, Marcus, um on on this day, which is uh a big day in Massachusetts politics it's the second most attended state of the city address
1: yeah and boston be in the first you know i talked to some people there about this and we talked about it with mayor mitchell last time he was on but basically there's a lot of every state every city has a state of the city address and yeah. it's typically a mayor the mayor addressing the council chambers relatively low maybe streamed on the local cable network probably some news coverage in local outlets but there isn't the level of – I'm going to call it pageantry. Right. No, um, I've got some fair word. That that uh, there is for um, – the New Bedford has a level of pageantry that probably is only matched by Boston. And so a lot of people go. There was a lot of notable people there. I saw District Attorney Tom Quinn. I saw a new school committee member for Vogue Tech, Carol Pimentel. That they were actually talking, and nice. I went over to congratulate her. Um, obviously members of the city council, the school committee, fire chief, police chief. There was a lot of people there. Tony Cabral was there. A lot of people from um from uh, a who's who of of local um local electeds, and even some former candidates. I saw uh, Rick Tripillo there. I oh, hadn't nice. seen him in a while. Good, good. Good to see him out there. What what a nice guy. I uh, really enjoyed talking to Rick and uh we'll see, you know, if he if he makes his way back into the political fold, but um,
2: he made a good run. Um, you hate to see people make a one run and be done. Um, yeah. Whether, you, whether you're totally, you know, there's plenty of people I don't agree with, but I'd like to see him in the political process, you know, um, because so few people are doing it nowadays.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right? So, um, so five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred, 500 and at 9 o'clock, Sean Oliver is going to be reacting to the State of the
2: Union. So, Marcus, we know that last year when it was an election year, we had a ton of elected or wannabe elected officials come down for the, for the uh, State of the City Address. Um, so we do know, it, you know, it, it's a, it, look, I would say this. I don't know when it started having mm-hmm. this much um, pageantry. Um, but as Mayor Mitchell has pointed out, he believes New Bedford, because of past uh, media uh, relations, needs to work a little harder, right? right? Uh, needs to be a little more prepared. And so it's it's a nice opportunity and it's even better the city takes it right
1: i i agree um last time it was actually pretty uh I, there was a lot more um we'll call it celebrity because um because uh a because there was an election year yeah so i saw people that were running for lieutenant governor for for governor for Attorney General. I remember Andrea Campbell was there at the time. She eventually became the Attorney General. DeZaglio was there as a as yeah, a candidate. The auditor, yeah, yep. And uh, Chris Dempsey was there, who we had on in his capacity as a transportation expert. So, it, it's a nice event. Um, I like that it's you know, I like that it's the event that it is. Yeah, I, I think it, it adds a lot more prestige to the region.
2: I, I I agree with you because as goes New Bedford, goes the whole region. Yeah. Um, and I I think that you know the mayor. Um, Again, he didn't use it. It's not appropriate to make a campaign announcement. It wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's on the city's time. Yeah. You know? um, but I don't... And the message is about the city, not about the mayor, right? Absolutely. Um, as much as the mayor is the city. He's not the only thing, right. obviously. Um, so I thought I thought his message, by not being a rah-rah reelect me, was appropriate... But you always listen for clues. Yeah, of course. How did you come away, Marcus? What was your impression on the on the re election side, recognizing that's not the intent of the matter? Yeah,
1: um uh I got in terms of that, I got nothing. Mean too. Right? I Me got too. nothing from that. And um And he was asked about it after in the, you know, in the scrum where all the media, you know, talks to him. And he said nothing about it. So, um, yeah, so I think that was obviously intentional. Um, I think he still wants to keep that fairly close to the vest.
2: Yeah, and again, I think it would have been inappropriate to, to, you know, to use that opportunity to announce it. Um, So I'm not surprised he didn't, but time is ticking. Yes, right. absolutely. It's no longer a fool around thing. It's not a two year term. It's a four year term.
1: It is. It's a it's a four year term. Um we haven't seen any any legitimate challengers
2: emerge in this race. Nothing. You know. Nothing. Nothing, yeah. We we do um, we know there are people that would like to do it. We know there are people that are being urged to do it. We're no we know there are people who have said it's not my time. Um, or I've got, I, I I would like to do it, but I've got other things in my life. You know, again, anybody who's, who you would want to be mayor is busy right now. Yeah, exactly. Right, Marcus?
0: They're yeah. busy. Yeah.
2: And I don't think John Mitchell has done anything that would draw uh, an opponent overwhelmingly you know i think that john has is a firm hand on the tiller well i was just going to say steady
1: hand right steady hand hand, right
2: um he's got accomplishments a lot of them he's got things he'd like to do right Um, again the speech was um was a good speech He, he he had consistent messaging on it Offshore wind, yeah. He wants to go forward on that. You can hear that, right? You need someone who is involved in this, right? Mm-hmm. Because Marcus need continuity. Yeah. Whether you whether you agree with offshore wind or not, it does appear the federal government and the state government are moving in that direction.
1: Yeah. Um, it. I mean, the federal government it very clearly is. I mean, Joe Biden took the time to. Um, I mean, Joe Biden took the time to actually uh, you come know, to southeastern Massachusetts to come to southeastern Massachusetts at a, a site for offshore wind right. development right. To, to make a major climate speech. I mean, he flew
2: in. Right.
1: It was a whole thing. So
2: ironic enough, right? Yeah. He drove here in an SUV
1: and everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always that's always pointed out, right? Yeah. The um so. Um. Every time More Healy comes to, we get that, oh, is her car electric or whatever.
2: You've got the fact that um, he talked more about housing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the things I I thought was interesting in the speech, Marcus, is that he gave an invitation to the towns, all right, a challenge, if you will, which he did in his housing plan, um, saying, we'll provide technical support. To you, If you're looking to develop affordable housing in your community, which, by the way, you should. Yeah. It's part of the region. You're part of the region. We can't shul- shoulder it all. Your citizens want it. Yes. You know, um, I've told you this before. When I was out in Freetown in the in the 90s, diff- different housing time, um, I tried to develop a housing authority. I just came to determine that as a part-time selectman. We had no town administrator back then. Nothing like that. Yeah, we didn't have the technical support. We didn't have. I didn't have the knowledge, you know, or the time to do it. I think the times have changed in the towns. Yeah, I mean,
1: a lot of towns, especially um, surrounding towns like you know Fairhaven, Freetown, et cetera, they their budgets literally like a tenth of the size of New Bedford. Right, and so they don't have the they don't they still even with the things that they have for housing they don't have the comprehensive.
2: Like suite of services and people right, right. That, that would that would be able to help with that. Right. So I think that by John offering, Mayor Mitchell offering that to the towns, it was an invitation to partner. Maybe yes. there are elected officials out there, forward-thinking elected officials who recognize yes. that they need more affordable elderly, whatever you want to call it, housing in their community. Yes. And that their citizens are requesting it. Yes. And I get it because I was in that position. They now have been given um, an opportunity to partner with Mayor Mitchell. Yeah. I will also say this, uh, Marcus, and John Mitchell didn't say it. City of New Bedford owns a lot of land. They do. They own a lot of land in Freetown. They own a lot of land in Rochester. Um, we know they've owned land in Dartmouth because they just used it as a swap for the golf course. I'm not saying it's all conducive to housing, but I'm saying that... The city of New Bedford is not merely confined to the borders of the city of New Bedford. Right. They're a significant player in the region. Yeah. They own land. They do. And, uh, and they can do whatever they want with it. They basically. really can. They really <laughs> you know, can. Right. There aren't, there aren't many restrictions on what they can do with it. I can think of the pieces of the Freetown land that, that, that are that, – look, I know from having lived out there, having been an elected official in Freetown, that some of your elderly people out there – would like to downsize, but stay in Freetown. That's currently not an option. Right. <laughs> That's currently not an option. They would like to be able to stay around their family and friends. But they also have they have a $400,000 house, yeah. right? They'd like to sell it and downsize to an apartment or something like that. But they don't have the option right now. Right. So I would think that maybe a forward-looking official in Freetown, I'm not picking up Freetown, but we know Fairhaven has benefited from affordable housing. Yeah. It's small,
1: and I, I, it's appropriate. I, and I actually think I've been saying this for a while. I think that's the only. I think it's actually the only use they can make of the. Um, I think it's the only use they can make of uh, of the Rogers School. I think it's the only appropriate and actually even feasible use they can make of it. Is, yeah, because it's affordable housing.
2: Look, if you if you follow the markets at all, Charlie Munger, who's a partner with with. Um, uh, Uh, at at Berkshire Hathaway there with uh, Warren Buffett. Uh He said he thinks a lot of regional banks are in trouble because the commercial real estate market is in big trouble, right? You're not going to turn the Rogers School into the next Dartmouth Mall. Right. You're not going to do it, (laughs) right? You're not going to do it. So um, affordable housing um, or some version of affordable housing doesn't need to all be affordable housing. Um, Usually it's a percentage of, um, which coincides with the loans and the financing, things like that. But anyway, I think the mayor tonight, today, in his speech, made a real move forward on his housing plan. Again, he came up with the idea, it's in his housing plan, that the towns have to pick up pick up, um, some of the... And the other thing too, Marcus, there are ARPA funds available at the town level through Bristol County. Bristol County has... Tens of millions of dollars in ARPA funds for housing, and, and that's a fairly unique
1: position. I mean, there's only a few right. other counties that got that got the kind of ARPA money that that uh, I think the only one that
2: got more ARPA money was Plymouth County. Right. Yeah. And so if you're a if you're an elected official in one of the towns, you've got an opportunity to partner with the city of New Bedford, who knows a lot about ARPA funds, mm-hmm. and petition the Bristol County. Commission for opera funds. Yeah. I've been reading the minutes. They're very, very, um, conducive to passing those, those minutes, uh, passing those funds out. If you come in with a housing plan, you can make strides that you've never thought about doing before. The mayor of New Bedford has just offered a partnership. I yeah. think it was a really, really important part of his speech.
1: I think so, too, um, because, you know, it, it is it is something that's often discussed, and I think we've talked about it quite a bit, that housing can't be an issue that is confined to the cities of a particular region, in this case, New Bedford, Fall River as well. You can't say, well, we're going to just build more in New Bedford. Yeah, you have to build more in New Bedford. You have to build more in Fall River, Brock- Brockton, et cetera. But let's look at the surrounding towns. Let's look at Dartmouth, Fairhaven, F- Freetown. Um, the tri towns let's look in these areas too where i don't want to say resistant but haven't been uh as um, uh haven't taken as much action on affordable housing as as maybe New Bedford has or New Bedford should do um and and to do that's the only way to really cuz there's only so much square square footage square mileage in in between the borders of a city
0: right and right. There's, right. <laughs>
1: there's you know hundreds of thousands in this region that probably need a better housing situation
2: if you've ever flown up from Florida and looked out as you're coming over the New Bedford area yeah. you realize there's a lot of land right <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's a lot of land yeah um and again i think there's been a variety of holdbacks and errors to have over the different errors, but for the first time ever in the history of this region, the mayor of New Bedford has come forward and offered technical support. Yeah, right. I'm wondering if any local officials, forward-thinking, are going to grab that offer. It doesn't look again. It's years down the road. Yeah, this we whole recognize thing's, that. this whole thing's years down the road. Right, right? we're Solving those problems that. years down the road. Yeah. Um. So, that, uh, that was one big thing that I came away with from the speech. Um I liked his opening joke where he said his daughter who's down the hall yeah. taking test said you guys better keep it down. I liked that. Right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I thought that was pretty good. I, so, uh, the media gets an embargoed transcript of the speech, so I, uh, I read that and I, I, I was, I was like pre-amused by that right, before he right, right, it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, the other thing, you know, it's in our new segment, the 311 feature, I yes. think is really good. Um, I, you know, obviously city councilors and even the mayor's office takes a lot of point on these, on these particular situations and they'll continue to do so. But I think sort of, uh, alleviating some of that pressure, I think will be, will go a long way to helping a lot of people do their jobs a lot easier. You put it into that, you know. Now you've got the city services app, which Sean Oliver talked about, and he'll he'll be on later, and he maybe he'll want to mention it again. But you got the city services app now. You've got the three one one number, where it's very simple. You just call in three one one, and you can call in a, a, any particular issue, and
2: they will get to it. Um, I I thought it was, um, it's an it, it's it's a it's an efficient way of providing customer service. Yes, right. It really is, and. The old-fashioned way with a phone is still good, but this is and going forward um, is a very efficient way of doing it. And again, um, Councilor Oliver has, has come on and talked about it, promoted it, and I think he said, off oh, of just a few hits he did here and the story we had at WBSM, he saw a dramatic increase in the usage. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of people had had kind of forgotten about it, if they ever knew about it. Right. So I think it's it's great that the mayor mentioned it tonight, uh, today in his speech. Um, again, well, one of
1: the, the, um, one of the things too, uh, he, it was, it was a lot, th- there was a lot there in that speech, yes. right? There's always, always is, right? It's a long speech. One of the, um, one of the other things is, um, uh, uh, one of the things that we, you know, he was bombarded with afterwards, uh, was questions about the, um, the lawsuit against the MBTA. Yes. I asked him a question. He had a uh, he had a response to it that I'm going to play later when we have Chris Markey in, right? So I want his reaction to it, and um and but you'll want to hear it, folks. You'll want to hear it. It's it's um it's an interesting response. and so especially considering the people that are that have made their voices heard on this right. and what those people the credentials those people have the yes. professional credentials that they have right. um i think it's i think it's really interesting so um but overall i i would say uh you know well delivered speech didn't expect it not to be um there's a lot in there it's you know it it sort of does follow that same formulaic uh sort of Everything's going great. Yeah. And everything's going great because of me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but. Um, well, I, you know, <laughs> but, uh, the thing is, Marcus, is that I think we've, we've, for the last number of years, sort of taken it for granted. I agree. Right? That John yeah. Mitchell's going to be around. I agree. Um, New Bedford has gotten very lucky over the years with having good, honest mayors. Yeah, uh, talented guys, people who are really dedicated. to The Fred city, Kalis, Fred, Kayla, Scott, K- Lang, right? Yeah, and now John Mitchell, right? Um, with a four-year term, I hope that continues.
1: Yeah, it's it, you know, it's it's it, you 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 don't know it until it's gone, type of thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's... particularly now, it's a no-cut contract. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. There's. I'm exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. I'm sure there's, you know, there's always points of contention with any elected official. There's certainly things that you and I have disagreed with the mayor on. And, Absolutely. And we've made that, we've made those things vocal here and there's been responses to that. But overall, I think when you look at it, you, you look at a guy with that level of education experience in the position of New Bedford mayor, um, it's a valuable thing to have. And there's, I'm not saying that there aren't people in, in the city, uh, people that are elected in the state delegation or elected in the city council, local, uh, or, or school committee.
2: That could do the job, but none of them really emerged. And well, that's the thing. You, you, it's not a job where a recruiter comes and taps you on the shoulder. Yeah, right. You've either got to want to do it, and you've got to want to. I mean, campaigning citywide. Yeah. For mayor. Mm-hmm. Against.
1: You got to quit your day job.
2: Yeah. And most people, most
1: people can't afford to do it. <laughs> yeah. You've got to quit your day job and you've got to raise a lot of money. Right. A lot of money. Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so if you're not prepared to do that, um, that com- level of commitment, then... And you've got to be, be able to withstand an examination. Yeah, Exactly. And it's always how many like, people can withstand an examination. You, you and I know being in public positions right. uh, that people say crappy things to you and about you all the time. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not Lo- fun. A lot of it, most of it's not true, and all right. of it's not true. Right. And um. And you, you, you say you know you hear people. I can take it, right? Right. You can take it until it
2: starts coming. You say <laughs> you can take it until you have to take it. You. It's a lot. <laughs> look, it is. <laughs> and again. I think that Marcus and I um, do a good job in screening out the stuff we let on the air and the stuff we don't let on the
0: air. Yeah.
1: Okay. The
2: signal and the noise, right? Yeah. We hear all kinds of things. Yeah. Some stuff... I get stuff every week that I've got to filter out. Same. Okay. And not because I'm censoring it, but because I'm not going to put my name on something. Exactly. That... But there were times... When I have to ask, mm-hmm. we've done it before to other candidates. Of course. And I, I think this forum, you can someone comes forward, we'll give you the opportunity to answer the questions. And by the way, things are often taken out of context. They're not fair, things like that. But the point is, the examination. It's a lot. So...
1: Let's do this. Let's take a break. Um, we're going to get into the MBTA lawsuit. We'll have Counselor Oliver at nine o'clock. He's going to re- react more to the state of the city. It'll be great to get a city councilor's perspective, uh, perspective, especially a new city, a brand new city councilor who yeah. I believe that was his first time uh, at the event. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts. But. On the other end of this break, we're going to be joined by Boston Globe reporter Matt Stout. Uh, he did he he found the story about this MBTA lawsuit, and it's really interesting. And as much as it's downplayed, and maybe rightfully so, I'm not sure yet. Um, there are, uh, I think, legitimate causes for concern. So let's take a break. We'll hear from Boston Globe reporter Matt Stout at the other end of this uh, at the end of the break. Stay tuned. Yeah. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Joining me now is uh, Boston Globe reporter Matt Stout. Um, Matt, how are how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me this evening. So, um, before we get started, if you want to just uh, briefly introduce yourself to the audience, tell us who you
3: are. Uh, yeah, my name is is Matt Stout. I am a politics reporter for the Boston Globe, covering uh, the state house, uh, you know, state politics, and pretty much everything in between. Sometimes, so. Um, that's me. So
1: Matt, um, you actually, uh, you actually discovered a pretty big story down here in the South coast. Um, we have the rail, which is a long awaited 30, 40 year project. And there seems to be potentially a fly in the ointment with this lawsuit that, um, may have, may have been clandestinely or definitely was clandestinely. Um, put together by the Mitchell administration, uh, by, uh, Mayor Mitchell's administration. So, uh, with this lawsuit, what are the generic status of the, like, who's suing whom, um, and for what?
3: Yeah. I think one thing that's important to keep in mind is that this is still a, a draft complaint. Uh, the, the basics of the, of it is that the, the city of New Bedford in, in April, uh, sent the MBTA, uh, a copy of a complaint and they sort of ongoing talks and negotiations about, how much the MBTA, at least in the city's mind, should be paying the city for land it sees to build the South Coast Rail. Uh, and in this, uh, the draft complaint is saying, uh, essentially, we we could bring you to court uh, on these counts, and they're you know, at least threatening to sue the MBTA um, on an argument that the land that the T took, um, and this is mostly close to downtown, to build the new Bedford station and to build the layover site for trains and some parking, um, at least under the legal argument in the, in the complaint is that the MBTA wrongly uh took this land or didn't have the authority Uh with uh, essentially the, the, the basics being uh that New Bedford at that point was not yet part of the MBTA service district. So they did not have the authority to take the land to, to essentially extend service to the city, um, which, you know, in talking with, uh you know, eminent domain attorneys and others familiar with this issue, um, it is pretty unusual because eminent domain lawsuits can be pretty common, but they mainly focus on, hey, I'm suing you because I don't believe the money that you paid me for the land you took um, is enough. I believe this land is worth more. And there's actually been uh, several instances of these just with South Coast Rail alone. What the draft complaint is sort of saying is beyond just the money, well, we might we might sue you to sort of challenge the fact that you could have taken this land at all um, which, uh, which we don't see often, at least with the MBTA and eminent Eminent domain cases, which I think is why it sort of set off alarms with people who've been really tracking this, because that would be, um, a, a pretty significant challenge for, like you said, a project that has been 30, 40 years sort of in the making and a lot of, a lot of fits and starts, um, to the point where now we, we appear to be maybe several months away from service actually starting or it's, Finally, getting here, so I, I think that's why I raised a lot of alarms with people. So yeah, uh, with eminent domain, it's you know basically
1: it's in the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution. Every state has an eminent, eminent domain law, and essentially, uh, you know, town cities, and towns are entitled to fair market value. Uh, I mean, uh, or people and landowners are entitled to fair market value for the property that's been taken. And so they're not even just saying that essentially cuz they they're arguing about fair market value I think here cuz it's 70 they're putting like 17 million in for cleanup and they only got x amount of dollars for um the land but they're also saying just the taking itself was was illegitimate on its face.
3: Yeah, that that is the the argument in the draft complaint and I you know I I guess uh, again sort of emphasize that they haven't filed this yet um they're at least in talking with people who are familiar with this um you know this appears to be um, perhaps part of negotiations to, to try to force the T's hand, uh, you know, potentially to, to give the T, uh, essentially a better deal on the land. So, um, you know, it's it kind of remains to see whether the city will, you know, pull the trigger and, and, and sort of go this legal route. Um, but yeah, I mean, I eminent mean, domain, even for the T has been something they've used, they've used constantly and used decades to sort of extend service, you know, extend, um, where it runs trains. And so the, the fact that it used it for South Coast Rail, it, it, it's it's not unusual. Um, and, you know, obviously what is unusual is that there is at least this this legal threat hanging out there that, well, we're going to challenge your ability to even do that, which um, could, you know, if they go down the path of filing and depending uh, on how, you know, a, a court could rule. I mean, something like that could have major implications for the T's ability to expand. Um, beyond this and, and other expansion projects that it has or, or could pursue. So th- there's a there's kind of like a, a whole the fear among people who know a lot more than I am is that um, th- there's a, there's a whole hornet's nest you could you could kick by going down this this road, um, you know, should, should the city you know decide to pursue this legally. Uh, in the courts.
1: Well, a few of the people you've talked to uh, have been members of our state uh, delegation. Um I ha- happened to speak to a couple of them, uh, you know, the day your your article had come out, um Bill Strauss and Chris Markey, I believe. Uh, Markey's going to join us later, but what was generally their reaction uh to the prospect of this lawsuit?
3: Um I, I think uh first off it was surprise. Um uh I I you know, for you know years you know, whether it be Mayor Mitchell or, or just, you know, uh, the city of New Bedford and, 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 you know, previous mayors, I mean, have long been proponents and long championed the idea that, hey, we should bring commuter rail service back to the south coast, back to New Bedford, um, you know, back to Fall River. Uh, so I think they was surprised that I think, as you put it early on, this sort of this potential fly in the ointment that it was coming from um, a city that potentially could could ben- could benefit more than anyone else from actually having commuter rail service. Um, and then I think secondly, you know, surprise that, you know, there is this idea of like, Hey, you know, the city should fight for what it believes it's owed for, for the land. Um, but at least, yeah, I'm talking with, you know, a few of the, the, the law, the legislators, the legislators. And, um, I think they've also put out a joint statement after the story came out. Um, it's sort of like, but this is, we disagree. This is the way to do it. Um, that, that, that this, this is, this is an aggressive way. And, uh, you know, the, the fear is that. If you were to go down this route, well, what happens to this, to this project that we've, we've all been working for, I mean, you know, years and, and for some people decades to bring to fruition. Um, so there's, there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of potential, if you will, that's kind of tied to this whole conversation. But I think that's what also worried, worried a lot of people given that we're, um, you know, so close to having this realized because the Tia said that they planned to, to, to launch service. Um, you know, I, I think in late twenty twenty three. We don't have an exact date yet, um, but I think that is that has sort of been the idea and what people are driving at. So at this stage in the game it, it really uh it really raised a, a lot of red flags to people. It's worth
1: noting, uh, we're speaking with Matt Stout, he's a Boston Globe reporter. Uh it's it's worth noting, um, Matt, that there was and you noted there was a successful eminent domain lawsuit, not the same approach, but essentially saying they didn't get the fair market value and there was a, a, a successful eminent domain lawsuit from a New Bedford property owner.
3: Yes. Uh, so this was uh, a Church Street property where the T had paid, um, you know, uh, the T had paid the property owner after it took the land in 2019. I, I think only a few months after the, the land had been bought, um, you know, uh, they, they it, it, you know, I think it was about 200,000 more than what it was bought for the year before. Um, you know, the, the T was taking the court sort of on this idea that, you know, this was, um, this was not enough. Uh, this, we, we that this, this land is worth more and that, you know, last fall, a jury, uh, awarded, you know, in their favor saying they should get three point or roughly about 3.5 million, 3.51 million, um, which is about 1.2 more than what the T originally paid. So, I mean, there is, I, I think, uh, you know, to, to take the T to court and sort of challenge what they're paying out for, um, at least that proves that, I mean, there, there's some legitimate arguments of valuing the land. And, um, you know, obviously the Church Street property is not far from where the New Bedford station would be. But, uh, I, I, you know, that, that kind of proves that like, Hey, you know, the, to, to challenge the T saying, Hey, we think we need more is not out of left field. Um, again, sort of what I think what people view as left field is sort of the, the other count that they said they could bring is, you know, well, if we don't like what, what we're being paid, um, you know, this is also a possible route to do. So, yeah, I, I, I the, there is a history here of uh of challenging the T on, on at least the, the money, why, you know, on the money. But uh I think that's what also kind of elevated, at least even in the draft complaint form, not even being filed was was sort of the potential for something a lot more.
1: So Matt, you have a follow-up story today. I mean, Mayor Mitchell on, on South Coast Rail, uh, I mean, just from my observations over the years has always been like, I'm a supporter of this project, but, you know, I'm a support, I like this project, but, uh, when you, uh, but today, uh, you have a story, um, city solicitor Eric Jakes had come out saying that they support South Coast Rail, uh, unwaveringly. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, so they, they put out a statement, um, and it said that they have, uh, you know, unwavering support is, is the word that they used, uh, for the project, but also said, you know, certainly suggesting that this is, um, you know, the draft complaint itself of, of, it, it's all about trying to secure a better, a better deal for the land and, you know, more money for the city. Um, cause they know that there's been these other lawsuits, uh, like the other property owners, they, you know, the city believes that, uh, New Bedford and, you know, the taxpayers in New Bedford, um should be, you know, should be compensated for what the the land is worth. Uh, and they also note that there are ongoing discussions with the T um, about it. So I, I think that was, uh, it appears to be sort of quell um the criticism that like why, at least at some view, view, is like, you know, even suggesting that you're going to pursue sort of this other legal avenue could really have serious implications for the project. And I think they're saying, well, you know, we're also, we're just, we're trying to get the best deal for the city that we can. Um. So yeah, and and I agree with your assessment from uh in that from talking and, and looking at uh you know the mayor's past comments. I mean, I, I think he's been at least have tried to say like I you know th- I support this project, but this is not going to be a panacea for for the mm-hmm. city, especially given the changes that undergone. Um, you know, the the rail as it's currently constructed would be about a ninety minute trip from New Bedford to Boston. You know, past plans, which, uh, you know, there, there's other complications, suggested it could be something closer to 60 minutes. So, you know, th- and, and now that we're in sort of this, you know, obviously after COVID and people working remotely, there's questions of, well, how many people will use this rail uh, and what kind of impact it will have, because I, I think it's it's a much different picture, say this project actually landed on its feet, you know, 15 years ago, uh, 10 years ago. Um, so I, I think he, uh, the, his sort of, I support, but, um, has been trying to at least make clear that, um, this is going to help the city and they, and they, they support it for that reason. Um, but, and this is me reading leaves, but, you know, temper, temper expectations, if you will. Um, so I, I think that's what, again, I think kind of sticks out in people's mind when people, I mean, you know, legislators, other elected officials of, of, you know, when they see this, it's like, well, you, you've. You sort of couch your support in the past, so what, what am I supposed to make of this? Which again, I think why we saw the reaction immediately that we did from, from a lot of the, uh, the legislators.
1: So Matt Stout, uh, Boston Globe, I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you bringing this story out. Um, where can people go to, uh, to uh, follow you and see more of your work?
3: Uh, well I would say go to, you know, go to bostonglobe.com, uh, writing as, as, as much as I can. Um, that's uh, that's probably the the best way. Uh, go go, you know, go to the website, buy a subscription. That'd be great. So, <laughs> thanks, Matt. Appreciate you joining us. All right, thank you.
0: So let's um let's take
1: a break and then we'll we'll talk more about that.
2: Sounds good.
0: 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. One's on the left, left. The other on the right, right. right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM.
1: Welcome back. So that was Boston Globe reporter Matt Stout who found that story, um, and I thought, you know, interesting points raised that I, we wanted that I wanted to talk about. You know, I know you did too. Yeah. The thing is, is it's not uncommon for a eminent domain, uh, um. Case to arise in the way that it has in terms of the fair market value, mm-hmm. right? So for people who aren't familiar with eminent domain, it's firmly entrenched in the Fifth Amendment. Absolutely, Absolutely. <laughs> and um, and uh, it is also every state has its own eminent domain laws as well. And essentially, anything that serves like a legitimate public purpose, the state you wouldn't can take. Have highways,
2: own. if it wasn't for eminent domain,
1: well, yeah. And I, I gave that example. To, I gave that example to somebody the other day. I said if someone wanted to, um you know, buy the house that, that, that I, you know, buy my house. Right. And, and, uh, and turn it into an off ramp for one ninety five. There's nothing I could do about it. The only thing right. I could do is say, you got to pay me more. You haven't even you paid me what it's worth. Right. This says the taking's illegitimate. Right. And so that's a different, it's a, it's a precedent. It's, a, it would be a precedent setting case if it were to go forward in the way that it does. Now that s- specific part of the claim could probably be thrown out, but it's still a matter of, you know, as commonplace as Mayor Mitchell, we're going to play some of his comments later when we have Chris Margie on. As commonplace as Mayor Mitchell says it is, the specific claim he's citing, I don't believe is commonplace. And in fact, we've heard from other people with legal backgrounds, eminent domain attorneys, and state reps who are attorneys as well, that this type of claim is similarly unprecedented. Right. So it is It is actually something that needs, that,
2: that needs to be discussed. Um, I will say that um, the MBTA is a troubled agency. Of course, There's a long history of of being a troubled agency, and literally with people getting killed due to their negligence. Yeah, right. so it's nice to have local officials taking a second look, mm-hmm. pushing back a little bit. One hundred percent. Um, standing up i think that mayor mitchell um should have done how do i say this should have looped in the delegation yeah right um but we know there were problems not with the entire delegation but with certain members of the delegation and mayor mitchell so that's a problem um and um, it, it is worth noting.
1: I think uh, who's, who signed on to that letter. Oh, Paul Schmidt was there, by the way, at the at the uh, State of the City as well. Oh, um, yeah, I ran good. into him afterwards. So the two members that were there, I think I mentioned Rep Cabral, but Rep Schmidt was there. Rep Schmidt signed on to that letter. Uh, Rep Strauss, who's the chairman of Transportation, right? And um, Chris Hendricks, Chris, Chris Hendricks, and Chris Markey. And so Chris Markey, yeah. Everybody, with the exception of Tony Cabral, because I think. He's a little more sympathetic to the mayor, and that they should get, they should make more, they should be able to uh, get more value for the land that that was given up. But, but the thing is, is what's you know they're saying they put money into the property, and they should get basically the
2: that that therefore it's worth more. Well, that's not. I mean, again, you got you want to you want to throw as much argument of an argument out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's face it, Marcus, we we all know. That it's not what you put into it; it's what the market bears today, right? Yeah, mark to market. If you, if basic accounting term. (laughs) Yeah, if I um, if I let my house go
1: into disrepair, or if my house for some reason wasn't up up to code, right, and I made some some improvements that cost me money, and I didn't see that money on the back end, that's just me being falling victim to the market forces, right?
2: You can demand it of a seller or of a buyer. But he doesn't have to meet your obli- meet meet your meet your your requirements. And I do understand the argument that well, we're putting
1: all this money into it, and you know, it, you know, we shouldn't necessarily bear the burden of this cost. That is an argument for I think maybe the MBTA or the state in general, the state legislature, needs to provide more assistance for cleanup. Um, not necessarily that the the taking was illegitimate, or and I don't think it it actually cuts to the fair market value. Argument either, but if you want to say, hey, we put in, you know, we, we had a net loss of nine point nine million dollars. Okay, I get that, and, and a, a budget is constrained in New Bedford's. I get that even more, but um, but it's not. That's probably more of an issue that maybe the MBTA or maybe the state, by extension, the state uh, should provide more for that. Not necessarily trying to nix the um, uh, or, or, or not even trying to, because he, he seemed to, he seemed to suggest that claim was that part of the claim was unserious, um, even floating it right honestly right let's let's take a break um and then we'll be back
2: <coughs> welcome back so marcus i'm curious what the callers um ha- have to say about this lawsuit Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. 996 500 probably getting some app chaps as well um again i think it's good that the mayor is standing up for the city of new bedford yeah um i think it's good that he's putting the mbta on on, on notice and again um your point from the beginning, and I think the mayor's point, this lawsuit hasn't been filed. Yeah. Right. It's a trial balloon or yeah. a warning shot, yeah, if you will. Uh, yeah, right. Saying, here's what we potentially could do. Yes. These are our concerns. Yes. Um
1: but I think what struck people, again, because it's not the first time. Uh, I, I don't know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if a municipality has filed um, these types of lawsuits before. I know private property owners have filed. So maybe that's part of the unprecedented nature of it. But the claim in particular, that specific claim, that, that seemed to that seemed to rattle uh, quite a few people who know what they're talking about. So
2: Well, again, and, and Chris Markey's going to be in, so he, he, I'll let him speak for himself. But I know that Senator Montigny, Senate, uh, Representative Cabral. The rest, members of the delegation, they've been working on this project for decades. They finally got it here. Okay? And um, John Mitchell was not in elected office for as long as these guys um, didn't carry